You're listening to Good Shepherd Brentwood's Sermon Feed. Today's sermon was preached by Father Fred Schmidt and recorded on Christmas Day, December 25th, 2022. Friends, the title of my sermon this morning is A Very Merry, Unsentimental Christmas. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always and everywhere acceptable to you. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Let me put into context what I am about to say. I love Christmas, and I am hopelessly sentimental about it. One of my fondest childhood memories is the big unveiling of the Christmas tree that my parents staged every Christmas morning when I was a child. We didn't see it beforehand. They did it all overnight. And it came as a surprise behind sheets that covered the entrance to the den. And I still enjoy it all. I enjoy shopping for Christmas gifts, much to my wife's dismay. We have three trees. Two of them are small, what we call a toy tree, the book tree, big surprise there, and the main tree. Once any of them are up, I turn the lights on every morning. And Mother Natalie and I will take the day working at our own pace on a Christmas meal that will be way too elaborate for two people. And as of this week, I we have actually hit on another tradition. The Vince Gill, Amy Grant Christmas concert at the Ryman Auditorium. So now you know that I'm not unsympathetic to the many things that we will spend our day doing. That said, the reason for Christmas is far from sentimental. As Philip Yancey puts it, Christmas is an invasion the decisive advance in the great struggle for the cosmos. And these pointed words from the Gospel of John define what that invasion is all about. He gave power to become children of God who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. Let me take just a few moments this morning to explain what that means, and forgive me, this will be necessarily sweeping and pointed, but John is too. First, by way of background, for all the historical changes down through the millennia and all the cultural variations that have been tried, there have never been more than two ways of successfully navigating life. The accident of birth and the exercise of effort or power. That has always been the case historically and it's still the case today. By accident of birth, I simply mean the random accident of being born in the right place at the right time. We think of being born into the right class or the right caste 
as something that only happens in the past or if it still happens, only happens in other parts of the world. Countries with kings, queens, royalty, or India where the caste system still shapes the fortunes of millions. But let's be honest as Americans. If you live in Washington, D.C. for any length of time, as I did, you know that still happens in our country, too. We call them connections. If you lived in Chicago, as we did, you know they call it knowing a guy. In the South, it can be even more elaborate. The most vivid memory I had of it was in Mobile, Alabama. I was asked by the dean of the cathedral to lead a day-long meditation on the challenges of loss and grief. At lunch, I found myself at the table with the dean and the grand dames of the parish. And the dean asked the grand dame of them all about a woman who had just moved to Mobile from Atlanta a few weeks before. Her response when the dean asked her about that woman was, Johnny dear, you don't even want to know that woman. I have tried to introduce her to polite mobile society with no luck at all. She asked me the other day, where does one buy fine linens in mobile? And I finally told her, one does not buy fine linens in mobile, one inherits them. And lest you imagine that this is only a Southern practice, I should also note that an old friend of mine who served the church on the Philadelphia main line was asked by one matron, now dear, tell me again, who was your mother? Historically, the other path to adult life, in addition to inheritance, has been the exercise of effort or power of one kind or another. There are many different kinds of power, to be sure. Power can be consolidated with wealth and influence. It can be acquired through persuasion or manipulation, or it can be achieved by unstinting effort. Whether it is the power of brains, brawn, or influence, effort often amounts to the same thing. You're only as good well-off, or safe as your last performance. Some of the great tyrants of the past have been truly unremarkable people without much in the way of advantages by way of class or connections who consolidated power of various kinds. Adolf Hitler is an example from the last century. Vladimir Putin is an example of someone whose exercise of power has stretched across the last and the current century. But of course, the attempt to save ourselves through our own effort is far more widespread. Any one of us who struggled with perfectionism, fear, or abandonment is aware of just how deeply the temptation to save ourselves can run through the human psyche. Whether we rely on birthright or effort, 
The difficulty, of course, is that no matter how we try to navigate life, and no matter what we choose as a life's goal, misfortune, illness, and death will eventually frustrate our plans. If not now, tomorrow. There is no such thing as a hearse with a luggage rack. And even noble goals, such as leaving a legacy of love, are eventually swept away by misfortune, illness, death, or simply the passage of time. Or so it seems. But as John notes, in Christ, God changes both the aim and the means by which we live our lives. And it is that truth that we celebrate on Christmas. Christ puts an end to navigating life by inheritance and effort, class and strength. In the kingdom of God, none of these things distinguishes us from one another. But those things do not determine our worth before God. And our worth before God is the only reality that transcends time. Laying aside those burdens is a radical act of liberation. No one who has ever paid close attention to the demands of life imagines that we can save ourselves even if in a moment of health or wealth we might convince ourselves that we can for a moment or two. The testimony of our own lives and that of those around us is that no one possesses advantages of birthright or strength that can finally master all of life's challenges. Death comes to the strong and the weak, those born to thrones and those who live in the streets. And the witness of the gospel is that the power of death, while present everywhere in this world, will not prevail in the world to come. But the message of Christmas also speaks to life's goal and purpose. John does not just declare that in the coming of Christ, power has come to our defense that can prevail. He declares that in Christ, we have been made the children of God. That goal may seem innocent or innocuous, but it isn't. It is the liberation of our lives from goals that are too small and too fragile. Lives shaped by paying bills, buying and selling, benchmarks and evaluations, degrees and achievements. We know those goals are too small. The only thing that keeps us from acknowledging it is either ignorance or denial. That is why therapists make a living out of helping us to understand that a midlife crisis is rooted in the question, is this all there is? The message of Christmas, however, is that as the children of God, we are on a spiritual journey into God in Christ, a journey of growing acquaintance with God, with God's will for our lives, a journey into deeper wisdom and greater love. 
and no one is excluded from that journey who opens themselves to it. There is no Jew or Gentile, no male or female, no difference between the highborn and those who live on the edge of society, no difference between the whole and the handicapped, the young and the old. Those who are in full possession of their mental faculties and those whose minds are fading. The journey that we celebrate today is God's work, not ours. And because both the goal and the means belong to God, they are beyond the corrosive power of death in all its forms. This day, this Christmas day, may you rest in that promise. May you share that good news with others. And together, may we live with freedom and courage alongside the one who invades our lives to save us. Here's wishing you a very merry, unsentimental Christmas. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in hearing our sermons in real time, you can check us out at our website, www.goodshepherdbrentwood.org, or attend online during our 1015 Sunday live stream on YouTube. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Good Shepherd Brentwood. If you have any questions or comments, or maybe you'd like to meet with one of our clergy, you can email us at office at goodshepherdbrentwood.org. Or if you're interested in visiting in person or have questions about our programs and services, you can text 615-637-3738 where you'll be contacted by our staff. We'd love to meet you.